You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Well, I'm going to use this instrument to drain the atomic energy out of that bomb. But you cannot, you cannot reverse an atomic chain reaction. Better stand back, Mary. Death Metal Einstein on this edition of 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris, with me, as always, from now on, I guess, the fact checker herself, Autumn Day Harris. Why with the full name? Hello. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't want to out you as being a day before you were a hey, Riss. Do you want me to, like, tell everyone your full name, too? I don't I don't care. (laughs) I didn't realize that was some sort of bad thing to say. My address is... Yeah, it's like, and here's my social. And uh, we're posting her driver's license picture right after the podcast. Weirdo. Okay, I don't know why that's weird, but let me know at 80visit.gmail.com. Anyway, and also, our lovely producer, Jesse Sedgley. What's his middle name? Yes, I am. James. (laughs) Jesse James. Jesse Sedgley. And by Autumn's very demand... Are we stuck here talking about young Einstein tonight? I regret it. I so, so mm-hmm. regret it. Who's the idiot now? Still you, but I definitely regret wow. this decision. Mm-hmm. Really? Anyway, let's get to it real quick so we can, like a band-aid, we'll just pull it off really yeah. quick and throw it away. Uh, young Einstein, uh, released August 4th, 1989. IMDb says it's a five, middle of the road. Rotten Tomatoes, however, 38% critics, but 51% audience. So by 1%, it is... Over 50. Nice. It's a majority rules. Most people like it. Uh, budget was $5 million, Open for three. Domestically grossed 11.5 in the United States. Worldwide, however, $28 million. And pretty much the rest of that, other than the 11.5, was from Australia. Yeah. Because this is, like we seem to be fond lately of doing on the podcast, exploitation films. Right. So let's add another one to the Bobby. Mm. It's kind of like a... Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, whatever. Oh, my poor, sad little life. Uh, <laughs> directed by Yahoo Serious himself. Real name, Greg Peed. P-E-A-D. So I can definitely see why you would change the last name from Peed. Because Greg Peed. Yeah. Where did Greg pee at? I don't know. <laughs> but he peed. Right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but he, he, took his, he took his nom de jour of Yahoo Serious. He also starred, wrote, and directed... Reckless Kelly and Mr. Accident. And he was also, because of this film, was so popular, even though it didn't make that much, on the cover of Time Magazine. That's weird. Yeah, it really is <laughs> absolutely bizarre. It's really odd. But uh, also, it was written by David Roach, and like I mentioned, Yahoo Serious. David Roach also wrote, worked with him on his other only two films he ever did, Reckless Kelly and Mr. Accident. Mm-hmm. And like I said, also starring Greg Peed, a.k.a. Yahoo Serious, as Albert Einstein. And I already mentioned his other credits because that's all this guy's ever done. Yeah. To get on the cover of Time Magazine. Uh, Odile Le 
Clezio was Marie Curie, and she pretty much played in nothing of note. Uh, John Howard was Preston Preston, and he starred in Mad Max Fury Road. Really? So, yeah. Huh. Strangely enough. And Wendy DeWall, she was one of the, quote, her credit on IMDb is prudish student. But she's actually probably had the most successful career of anybody in this film because she went on to do makeup and hair for Episode 2, Star Wars Episode 2, obviously, uh, Matrix Reloaded, <laughs> X-Men Origins, and The Wolverine. So she's had a long career so doing things Grant. other. Um, Hugh yeah, Grant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said Hugh Grant. Oh, oh, oh. Grant's that Wolverine. No. Maybe they're friends. Maybe they, they're both from Australia and they hang out. Maybe they could be. Who knows? She probably, Honestly, she's in Young Einstein. She probably was from Australia. Well, obviously, she's from Australia. I'm saying maybe they're friends. Maybe they went to school together. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe I don't care. Maybe they dated. Maybe yeah, she just, let's together. just shut up. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Elliot Reed was an asylum guard. The only reason I mention him because he starred in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes as one of the, one of the uh, male leads, uh, aside from uh, Tony Curtis and whatever else it was, but also The Absent Mind Professor with Jerry Lee Lewis. Huh. So he had, a, he had a decent resume at the time to be, you know, degraded to playing a bit part yeah. in this very unusual movie. Maybe he's friends with Yahoo series. He probably is. <laughs> I mean, he obviously has enough friends to get three movies made. And as we mentioned last week, he has three movies to his credit, one in the 80s, one in the 90s, and one in the 2000s. And yeah. thankfully, the, uh, what did we say the 2010s were called? Or the... Uh, um. 2010s. Okay, yeah. In the 2010s, <laughs> he has yet to resurface with another film, so... <sighs> well, you kind of can't Four be more too... years to go. <laughs> you have to think, like, he's writing these, he's his own producer, he is his own filmmaker, and he's his own actor, so the fact that it takes him, like, eight years to make a movie... That's nothing. When he's doing it on his own... That's still, like, nothing in Hollywood. Uh, Trumville, uh, Lloyd Kaufman, same thing. <laughs> Cranking them out like a meat grinder. Just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like maybe he doesn't care about them as much as Yahoo Serious cares about his. I don't know if he really cares <laughs> about these about films. <laughs> Obviously, he does. <laughs> maybe. Whatever. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, Autumn. Yeah. What did you think? Tell us first, like how much you would love this movie as okay, a kid so, so much that you wanted to do it on the podcast, and then tell us yeah. what you thought of it about it a week ago when like, we watched it. Like as a preteen, I remember thinking this movie was funny, it was witty, like I really enjoyed it. I would watch it. You know, we had it on VHS. You wow! I could. Here, watch I thought it. you weren't a cool kid. I mm-hmm. could watch it whenever I wanted, and I watched Probably it did. A, a decent amount. You know, enough to like memorize parts of it like even watching it now i was like i know it's coming ha 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 um but, but audience now, listener note she kept her mouth shut about that i fell asleep during the movie well, i couldn't normal. even get through it i was so bored and it was not amusing and i went to bed are you sure that wasn't just because you've watched it a million times already and you're just mm, like eh. it didn't I don't want to watch it again, ever. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. I feel the same way. Never, never, ever. Ever, ever, never, ever. Never, 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 ever. Yeah, uh, I think I went over the story when I was talking about Movie Land Video again on a previous episode, but this movie was never in. They had one copy of it, and it took me, like, months to finally catch it when it came back. You could have come to my house and watched it. Yeah, because that wouldn't have been weird at the time. (laughs) Hey, Mom, this, this, uh... When they come out, 89. This nine-year-old wants to come hang out with me. I'm six. Uh, <laughs> or five. Yeah, I didn't watch it in 89, obviously. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Whenever. Yeah, it's still, regardless, it would have been weird. 
But yeah, so I finally, when I was a kid, I finally got a chance to rent it. And as a kid, it's like, wow, I waited all this time <laughs> to watch this and put so much effort into trying to wait for it to come in. All because of the cover. The cover just looked like, oh, this has got to be hilarious. I mean, it's Albert Einstein, and it's he's like playing an electric guitar with a giant nuclear beer keg. Uh-huh. How could this not be good? Well, Somehow they did it. Well, I will, I will disagree with you. However, now, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot more now than I did as a kid. Hmm. As a kid, I didn't like any of it. Just like, this is dumb. Like, then, you know, like I mentioned before, like back in the day when you rent a movie, you'd at least try to watch it once or, tw- I mean, two to three times to get your money's worth. You had it for 24 hours. And especially like as a kid, you'd usually get them on the weekends for your parents to, you know, put on a movie and then they could go do whatever they want to do. Or you'd a babysitter, so, you know, they might rent a movie or two. But yeah, we would usually watch our movie, uh, movies that rented multiple times. This one, nope. Rewound it, put it back in the clamshell, clicked it shut, set it on the counter, and that was that. However, watching it recently, it's still not good, nowhere near great, <laughs> but it wasn't as unfunny and boring as I remembered. Mm. There were a couple of parts where I laughed, but again, that the, a couple of laughs does not a great movie or a good movie make. So Yeah. Yeah, uh... I would. I did not enjoy revisiting it. Put it to you that way. Me I was either. happy with. I should have left it. In I the was past. happy with never remembering it. Right. Until somebody had to bring Sorry. it back into my life. Sorry. Yeah. But if you disagree, hit us up at revisit at gmail.com. Let us know. Yeah, but if you disagree based off a memory from your childhood, maybe you should revisit it before you disagree with us. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I will. I will say this. It had a great soundtrack. Really. Yeah. As far as like uh, both classical music, like Ride of the Valkyries and some other classical pieces, but also had a decent, you know, like the music, the song he's playing right now at the end and the song that closed out the credits were actually pretty, you know, they're not chart-topping hits, but, you know, they're good old 80s, reminds me of 80s uh, Bob Seger type rock and roll, Hmm. you know. See, it's a good song. If you want to dance with me, if you want to dance with me. Stop it. But anyway, that's the best thing I said about the movie was the last, the, the song and the, uh, there's another one that comes on, comes on after it called Great Southern Land, which is a pretty decent song. So the soundtrack wasn't terrible. The soundtrack itself, I'd rather listen to the music movie soundtrack than watch it again. Also, the soundtrack's like, what, maybe 45 minutes? Movie's an hour and a half. So, split the difference. Hey guys, taking a quick break from the podcast to ask you to please, please, please... Shoot on over to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. We love to hear feedback, because hey, let's face it, like the 80s, we're not perfect. Also, head on over to... <laughs> <laughs> so we screwed up this ad. Damn, now I get, gotta get back to the show. This is 30 second ad, we only got 8 seconds left. Oh shit, we're still, oh, I thought you expected you do your okay, magical Amazon, editing thing. iTunes. And Stitcher. Reviews, go get them. Thank you. Uh, there's one piece of trivia I found for the film. Tell me. Uh, I was kind of wondering so we were watching it too like he keeps eating apples they have an apple farm like, oh, yeah. and like he's always just like, it became a comedy a comedic gag throughout the film where he would just randomly be wearing just his underwear but he'd pull out an apple from somewhere and eat it and take one bite and throw it away and he does it like eight times in the film mm-hmm. but uh, the constant, constant references to apples was a joke on the fact that Tasmania is actually Australia's largest producer of apples so much of the official state slogan printed on the Tasmanian car's license plates in the 80s was Tasmania, the Apple Isle. Yep, it's still called that. That's good, and it's full of devils. Yeah, Tasmanian devils are pretty cute. Do they eat apples? I think everything on Tasmania eats apples. I don't think they have a choice. Hmm, really? 
I don't know. Wow, we really blew through that one really quick. Yeah. <laughs> Quicker than I thought we would. But anyway, if you had to score this film, oh, what would you say? Where would you say it ranks on the autumn um, scale? I would go with IMDb and give it a five. Uh, that's pretty much exactly what I put. You know, I don't think it's terrible, but again, it's not good and it's not great. Yeah, I don't need to watch it again. Yeah, once is enough. It was better when I was a kid. I'm sure some people who like might, you know, it's always weird how like the type of humor some people might like. To me, at least, like uh-huh. uh, Toxic Avenger. Some people love it and swear by it. Our friend Caveman loves the Toxic Avenger. Yeah. You know, I can appreciate it for what it is, but I don't like it. Nope. You know, same thing with this one. I'm sure, obviously, since to put him on the cover of Time Magazine, <laughs> enough people like this, or at least the editor of Time. Thought like this guy's great. He's gonna be a, the next comedic genius. We need to get him on the cover. So, do cockatoos actually come from Australia? Because we watched another one of his movies, and those birds are freaking everywhere in his movies. Maybe they do. Because, like you said, we watched Reckless Kelly. That maybe he just really likes animals. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. All over Australia, Look at actually. That. Huh. Good to yeah. know. <laughs> the more you know, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea. Because he, I mean, he just puts animals everywhere in his movie. Like even if it doesn't make sense, they're just there. They're in the background. They're everywhere. Uh, that the other one we watched had Tasmanian devils in it, and mm-hmm. wallabies and wallabies. kangaroos. Yes, it did. But uh, in fact, let's get to that next movie because we need to kind of draw out this episode <laughs> a little bit. Okay. But anyway, uh, in the real world, this movie released again August fourth, nineteen eighty nine. Ten days later, the Sega Genesis released in North America, mm. and the mm. battle began. SNES versus Genesis. Which did you have? Who won? <laughs> oh, in terms of who I won, know, SNES but... won, but I had a Genesis. I was Genesis tried and true. Yeah. We had a Sega. And I, the only, I remember the day I admitted defeat was the day Donkey Kong Country came out. I was like, this game is amazing. This is the best game I've ever played. So did you, I have to get an SNES. Did you get one? Wow. Like years later. <laughs> my yeah. brother got one for his birthday, and it quickly became my SNES. Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah no, we had a Sega, but we never got a Super Nintendo. Hmm. Well, you're not exactly a, a gamer. Well, no, I mean, mm. by we, because anything expensive like that was for both of us. Of course. Clearly. That's, that's, <laughs> um, that's that game parents play. But we never got a Super Nintendo. We went. We had a Sega for what seemed like a really long time, and then mm-hmm. when PlayStation came out, we got a PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, look, at, we're watching the level before the minecart level in Donkey Kong Country. But Still obviously, looks we great. didn't get a Sega in '89. I don't know when we would have gotten one. Oh, and recently, uh, Rare came out on Xbox One with the Rare Collection, which has like 30 classic Rare games. Unfortunately, Donkey Kong Country is not on there. Mm. The biggest omission. But of course, Donkey Kong is owned by Nintendo. Uh, as a character, so naturally wouldn't appear on what an Xbox One game. What's the chimp's name? Uh, Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong, yeah. <laughs> like Diddy. P Diddy. <laughs> That's where. <laughs> where do you think he got his name from? I don't know, because it's close to Daddy. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think. Oh, he likes a little monkey. That's. He likes him. Yeah. So many memories watching this. <laughs> Good. God. Spell the Kong out. Get the. Uh. It would be so <laughs> difficult to make that minecart jump. <laughs> well, he is a monkey, so they do have a lot of like strength to like. Sure, yeah. That's that makes very sense. difficult. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Good job. I mean, I don't, do you have any better suggestions? Uh, no. Okay, whatever. Or I got the best suggestion of all. It's a video game. <laughs> oh, that makes. That sense. is pretty good. <laughs> I thought so too. I thought it worked. But uh, anyway, this week's Back to the Future. We'll be talking about his other movie, 
one that I liked as a kid, and we watched it as well, but although it wasn't in the 80s, we had to save it for this segment, and that would be his second film, Reckless Kelly. I had never seen it. Ever. And I assume you fell asleep? No, I think I stayed awake through that oh, one. Well, great. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but by comparison... Because I had young, never seen it before. Young Einstein got a five... Uh, Reckless Kelly got a 5.1. Yeah, I liked it better, too. Uh, no critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. 50% audience, so 1% less liked it yeah. of the audience. Hmm. But uh, I remember this film as a kid, and there were two parts I distinctly remember just dying laughing. That's when he gets shot, and the cross blocks it, and he goes, I'm in. Because Charlie Sheen does a similar gag in the uh, Three Musketeers, the Disney version. Yeah. Mm. And the other part where they, they shoot him in the face, because he has a tr- bulletproof trash can on his head. head. And he's like, just shoot him in the face. Well, they shoot him. It goes like into the trash can, and like ricochets in the trash can. It comes back out, and hits the dude. As a kid, I always thought that was absolutely hilarious. Oh dear. But uh, you can, <laughs> you can again. Kids like things differently. Nobody. I, I admit the things, I, the dumb things I liked as a child. Mm-hmm. I embrace it. But anyway, you could definitely tell. The biggest thing I observed about while watching the second one or this his second film was that uh, I think he definitely got a little full of himself. Being from the success of Young Einstein, obviously, because he's always like doing badass stuff in this film, even though it's a comedy. Hmm. You know, it's like a, it seems a lot self serving for his character. But I guess well, I think that's on purpose. It could be, or maybe he decided to write something where he's a badass that can get shot a million times. Well, and like never misses. He shoots flies out of the air. Yeah, but it's like loosely based on a real guy. Maybe like the real guy. You know how like, loosely based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, was. like it's the same name. That's a, yeah. about the similarity. It is the last name of a famous Australian criminal, <laughs> and so, he's a modern one. Yeah, but like so maybe that's why he's trying to be like badass because that guy's so badass. That's fine. I just, it was just an observation. I didn't say he was wrong for doing it. I was just saying that it seems like he wanted to definitely not be kind of a geeky out Al- Albert Einstein. He wanted well, to be yeah, a badass. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. He's a bank robber, not a scientist. That's fine, but they're like. Dick and Jane and Fun with Dick and Jane are bank robbers too. Yeah. So, wherever we're going with that. But anyway, this one had a great cast, by the way. It had uh, Hugo Weaving was the villain. There's a plus for it already. And oh, here's where he kicks a wallaby or whatever that is. That's a Tasmanian devil. No, it isn't. That is not a a Tasmanian devil. Yes, it is. I bet you a million dollars it's not a Tasmanian devil. Give me your mill again. You already got like. Dollars that I've earned. That is not a Tasmanian yes, devil. It is. I bet. You, no, watch. Because a, if it was a Tasmanian devil, it would have bit the shit out of Hugo Weaving. Oh God! Look at that picture. And what's the other one? A wallaby. It's definitely not know. a wallaby because a wallaby is like a miniature kangaroo. Yeah, it's something else. It's not it's a Tasmanian devil. See if it's that. a wombat. Is it a wombat? Yeah, I bet it is a wombat. <laughs> but it's not a thoughts. Tasmanian devil. In the debate, <laughs> that that is not a Tasmanian devil. Admit it. Admit it. <laughs> Hold on. Not until I see a picture of a wombat. Okay, but just admit that it's not a Tasmanian devil. It's, it's a, wombat. a wombat. Bam. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Told you. Oh, look, look how cute. smiling. <laughs> Google wombat and you'll see some really wombat. funny pictures of a some very, wombats. Very happy wombat. Yeah, it's I definitely got, a wombat. Speaking of wombats, I got in trouble in junior high because Mortal Kombat had come out, so I drew Mortal Wombats. <laughs> and it I was all one. the different characters, but they were doing their fatalities on each other. And when I was a, in junior high, I had like a pencil, a black pen, and a red pen. So obviously, I draw everything in red pen, uh, black pen, and then I wear out that red pen with the blood effects. So the teachers would find like, "Oh my God, stop drawing that! That's ridiculous." So, I would yeah. like to know how like 
accurate your photo your pictures were because you didn't know what a wombat looked like until like just now they look like no i knew what wombats <laughs> looked like i didn't know that they looked exactly like that but i do know but <laughs> so, i did know so really, what a tasmanian devil looked like you were drawing like they look like cats. koalas no no they look like koalas <laughs> your mortal wombats are actually they were koalas. furry caricatures of the mortal Kombat cast all right that looked more like koalas <laughs> okay but anyway as we were saying Reckless Kelly, Hugo Weaving's the villain. Villain. Uh, you have a supporting, uh, the film fate, not film fatale, but the main female character is Jan from The Office. Malin, some weird, she has a weird name. And then, uh, then kind of like the comedic relief, in addition to Yahoo Serious, is uh, John Panette from, uh, of course, this hilarious stand-up comedian, but also uh, more people might know him as the dude from the, the fat guy from the uh, Thomas Jane, excuse me, or as Autumn would say, Christopher Lambert or Aaron Eckhart Punisher film. All of them. Yeah, whatever. We listened to the Punisher episode for that debate. <laughs> but anyway, if if you were like, God, I remember those movies from Yahoo Series. He was so funny when I was a kid. Rewatch Reckless Kelly and just longingly remember whatever thoughts you might have about Young Einstein because it's not so good, man. Like, I wouldn't rewatch <laughs> Reckless Kelly either, but... But you hadn't seen it. I mean, would you yeah, say... Yeah, I had never seen it before. Well, would you rate that one as opposed to... You said you liked it better, so... Yeah, like 5.2. Yeah, about to say you agree with IMDb, 5.1 instead Pretty of 5. Much. Not even an extra, like, half point for Hugo Weaving? Uh, You know, I do love me some Hugo Weaving. I thought so. Yeah, and he's he's exceptionally villainous. As we mentioned, he kicks a, a defenseless wombat. And then, of course... Actually, what's most villainous about it is he kicks it on camera, and then it pans up, and then he... Steps on air quotes. Um, I know you can't. You lovely listeners can't see that, but then he steps on it and smashes it. So he kills a poor defenseless little wombat in this film. But yeah, if you if you're locked in a room and somebody says you want to watch some Yahoo Serious or die, pick Reckless Kelly. Yeah, may as well. Yeah, this one Yahoo Serious. I was bored. I mean, uh, excuse me, Young Einstein. I was bored. Like, oh, I remember. Like, it it slows down in the middle. Like, you have all the kind of. Slapstick stuff in the beginning, and then it kind of slows, and then you have the end. With this one, he does this whole like thing, and he goes to Hollywood and becomes the Christian cowboy. Yeah, and they have and a ton of animals. And it's pretty funny. Yeah, there's animals all <laughs> over the place. Oh, the dog. The dog gets whatever the rifle oh, yeah, version the, uh, of pistol whipped is. A dog gets uh, rifle whipped in this film. You know that typical scene in an action movie where like the, the hero gets knocked to the ground, and you see it from his perspective when they put the rifle butt to the camera? Mm. They do that to a dog in this film. Yeah. Mm. Straight up sad. rifle whip a dog. But anyway, I don't think it's called a rifle whip. I don't know what it's called either, baby. But I think that kind of sums it up, right? You said, <laughs> I mean, you kind of get the gist, right? Can we agree that it's at least called rifle yeah, whipping until we find I, the exact name for it? I think there is a real name for it. I'm sure there probably is. is. What is a rifle whip? It's like <laughs> it's a rifle pistol with a whipping. whip. On the end. No, pistol whipping yeah. is a pistol. Maybe but it's maybe no, maybe pistol whipping. Rifle is it's something with both the butt. Them. It's like something butt or it's not buffaloing. No. <laughs> yeah, that says buffaloing. No. <laughs> Pistol oh, wait, no, no, no. Butt stoking. Yeah, that's what it is. Butt stroking. Oh, stroking. <laughs> I, can I knew see it the was R butt there. something. So butt, butt stroke. stroke. Yeah. I like I like rifle whip a lot better than no. butt stroke. <laughs> I'm going to say butt totally. stroke. I totally butt, butt stroke that terrorist, bro. <laughs> yeah, you what? did. See? What? See? What if I say I totally rifle whipped him? Yeah. Hell yeah. You want to hear something gross and nope. again to artificially lengthen nope. this episode? Nope. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I so. don't want to know. No, but of course my brother works at uh, Infinity Ward and he gets to talk to actual Navy SEALs. And uh, one of the tactics they have, like, you know, if you're in close quarters, you don't take the time to 
butt stock them, stroke them. You, uh, <laughs> what they would, what they literally do is they just stab them with the rifle barrel. And uh, he was saying that the seals he was talking to, they had a competition among themselves. So he would be the first person to stick their rifle, but th- completely threw it there. said, <laughs> "So, your tax dollars at work." Who won? <laughs> he didn't say. They all he didn't won. say if they anybody won. They all won the competition at least. So yeah, that's a thing too. Rifle spearing, as well as rifle it just whipping. Just doesn't seem possible. It's like uh, super it's a, blunt, and it's going through. Uh, it's got head. a stock that is on against your shoulder, and that's pretty much all that bodily force going straight to a, a point of that rifle, the tip of the rifle. Yeah, it would go straight through. It could. I mean, okay. I don't know. I just still can't believe it's called a butt stroke. Yeah, it needs a better <laughs> the name. Stupidest name ever. <laughs> but anyway, if the you would like, you know. <laughs> Mommy, I learned what butt stroking is today. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. if you would like to really contribute anything to this conversation for our last Ozploitation film for a while, I would hope, uh, hit us up at 80srevisit at gmail.com, on the internet, at Awesome Pods, at Awesome Pods, at Awesome Pods on Twitter, at Awesome Pods on Facebook, all sorts of stuff like that. And of course, we're part of the Awesome Podcast Network, which means there are other episodes of podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network, and I'm slowing down just to add another few seconds to this episode because... <laughs> we can talk about our great loss. Oh, good point. Excellent. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for contributing. <laughs> More than you already have. That's right. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> Covered up. Uh, hold on. Let me finish this part okay. first, and then we'll do that All before right. I forget. But anyway, uh, other podcasts are always available on the Awesome Podcast Network. Check them out. Uh, but also, always a good shout-out to our friends in Lafayette, John and James with Now vs. Nostalgia. Uh, once you uh, listen to all our episodes, make sure you catch up on all theirs as well. But uh, as Autumn did mention, we're recording this on September 1st. Happy Pumpkin Spice mm. Everything Day to everybody. No, you have a week for that. Whatever, I September bet it's now. 8th. It's September Well, maybe 8th. for a Starbucks, but yes. I'm sure every other place has their pumpkin probably. shit out. Probably. You're probably right. But anyway... Uh, we lost an 80s icon this past week in the form of the one of the greatest horror directors of all time, Mr. Wes Craven. Strange enough, of brain cancer, which it was definitely one of those things came out of nowhere. Just like, never expected. Didn't hear anything how he yeah, was sick or anything. Yeah, I wonder how long just, he has been sick. But, uh, of course, visionary writer and director gave us such characters as, of course, the immortal Freddy Krueger. Uh, in fact, I saw one of the saddest things ever last night, I think it was. It was a cartoon. It was Jason with his hand... On like it was a kid drew it, and, like it was very cartoony. Mm. Jason with his hand on Freddy's shoulder, and Freddy had his hands in his head, uh, mm. head in his hands, obviously crying because his creator's dead. It was you know morbidly sweet, but of course, uh, Wes Craven did so much more than just Nightmare on Elm Street. Of course, he directed Scream, which became a huge oh, a second Scream. coming Swamp Thing. For him. Yeah, about to say, and <laughs> most recently covered on the podcast, strangely enough, uh, Swamp Thing, but also uh, Last uh, House on the Left. Uh, he did that Music of the Heart movie, too, which was very unusual for him. Uh, he didn't write it, did he? I thought he directed it. Yeah, yeah, he directed it. Was that was that the right name? up? Yeah, Music of the Heart, which was really odd. But, of course, uh, Red Eye with Cillian Murphy and uh, Rachel McAdams. People Under the Stairs, a great movie to cover in 90s Revisited. Uh, so definitely a great, very, very talented filmmaker. He was still working. He was doing oh, yeah. the Scream TV show for MTV. Was he pro- like producing that or? Um, yeah, probably just producer. Yeah. Exact. Yeah. Exact. I mean, ten episodes and the tenth episode. That means, that means they be... put his name on there yeah. because he <laughs> did the first one. Nightmare on Vapes. What the well, hell? These are shorts, apparently. Uh, yeah. Just the characters. 
Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. But then also, uh, you did Shocker with Mitch Pileggi, and then uh, there was another one I was just thinking of that was really good for its time. Uh, Serpent in the Rainbow with Bill Pullman, about uh, Haitian voodoo, or voodoo, as it's actually pronounced out there. Uh, Hills Have Eyes was another one of his, too, which... Uh, Actually, between Hills of Eyes and Last House on the Left, both of the both and Nightmare on Elm Street, both of those have been remade, and in a sense, uh, Scream's been remade or reinvented in the sense of a, a TV show. So yeah, he was um, at that phase where people were already he, copying a lot of his shit. He did a bunch of porns in the '70s under someone else's name. Oh, really? What was yeah. his porn name? I don't know. I have no idea. But they talked. Chris Waven. They talked to him mm. for the. Um, I think it was a documentary called uh, Inside Deep Throat. And they interviewed him, and he talked about some of the things he had done prior to, uh, what was it, Hills Have Eyes, the first one he did in 72? It was that or Last House on the Left. Or Last, whichever one. It was in the 70s. Last House on the Left. Yep. Um, Prior to that, he was doing porno. (laughs) And uh, before that, he was a sound editor. Hmm. Um, He was an avid bird watcher, which I learned today. Well, go ahead and tell that fun fact. Yeah. (laughs) You already got a Uh, smile on your face. I I thought it was very, it amused me. So, avid bird watcher, and uh, he had a monthly column for the Martha's Vineyard magazine called Wes Craven's The Birds. Hmm. But it was actually about birds and not a Hitchcock horror movie. Well, the Hitchcock version was actually about birds, too, (laughs) to be fair. Okay, about bird watching and not, like, dying by the beast. Okay, got it. Oh, thanks for putting that up for me. I thought it was really funny because it was Wes Craven's The Birds. It is funny. But, you know, it's about bird watching. But it was definitely, uh, I hate, hate, you know, I don't mind it so much when people who are famous that aren't really talented die. I feel sorry for them. But, uh. What? <laughs> I'm just making conversation. Nothing's wrong with me. The point. The point is, I think it was really shocking and sad. You know, like same thing with like Robin Williams. Like just gone. You know, you don't even think about a world where that person isn't in it, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't really, you're not expecting that person to turn up dead. Yeah. Not that you're expecting anybody to turn up dead, except you know, like Kanye West or any Kardashian <laughs> or something like that. But anyway, uh, you know, so it was very shocking. Not to. That's not a pun because he directed Shocker. Anyway, so it was a pun. Just no, nobody it wasn't. Got it. I just don't want. I wanted to make sure nobody thought it was because uh, he made Shocker, and I said it was shocking. No, I also it, read that in 2010 he was interviewed as saying like he wanted to die like on set doing what he loved, like did a final take, and then just like passed away, and all the sound wow. guys went and had a drink to him or something like that. That's not what happened, but he said that's what he wanted in 2010. Hmm. Well, I mean, regard- but he he really did work uh, like well, yeah, constantly and because consistently. he like we were kind of joking about fantasy football players before we started the podcast. Is Craven was a uh, like an Eastwood? You know, he was a he loved what he did, and you know his his film work will live forever. He will always be one of the great you know horror directors up there with Hitchcock and Carpenter and so forth. So definitely very sad news, and it was so funny because. Uh, Oh my! Whenever I see that, because earlier in the week somebody said that Jake strangely to re- relevant to this podcast, we made fun of him a few weeks ago. Somebody posted on Facebook that Jake Lloyd was dead. I was like, "Oh my God, what a coincidence!" <laughs> and I, I said, "Hey, guess what? Jake Lloyd died." But then as I was waiting for a response, I was like, "Uh, wait, no. Let me yeah. let me double check. Sure enough, no." Yeah, because because that was so that was odd. A like fake what? site. Yeah, and then somebody also 
another recent fake death too was James Earl Jones. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, I knew that one true. Like, yeah. that dude can't die. He's not ever gonna die. <laughs> in fact, they sh- he should be like the first. Him and Morgan Freeman, they should go and like record them saying every word out of the dictionary. Uh, so <laughs> even after they're dead, they can still put together. It was a good day. <laughs> Audio books like that. Yeah, I don't want to listen no, te- to that. The technology is so much better now. They can yeah. they can auto tune it to where it's not so jumpy, like every Just word recorded, like an Stop. old computer <laughs> or like a uh, old GPS. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, very sad to see Wesco. But uh, I always remember him saying, uh, "People love monkeys." And Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Rose McGowan, Courtney Cox, uh, Carpenter. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. They all, like, not release statements, but, you know, they all, like, tweeted something about him. and That's how what they do now. Yeah. People tweet. Hmm. I still don't do that shit, but. Well, that's because you don't know how. I do know how. I just choose to <laughs> post on Facebook. Wesley Earl Craven, rest in peace. And thank you for all the wonderful films. And here's a quick hint. This year's Halloween horror will have no Wes Craven films. Hmm. Well, yeah, because we picked them before this weekend, but now I think <laughs> no, we should unpick. <laughs> no, no, sorry. They're already set in stone. Yep. But last year we had uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and we already covered Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So in terms of his 80s work, we've yeah, covered pretty much we, the we best. Them already. It's Shocker's not bad, but it's not my favorite. It's definitely a unique horror film. Is Deadly Friend? Oh, yeah. Is New Nightmare (laughs) the one where... It's the real world. Yeah, I like that one. I probably shouldn't. I don't know. But I like it a lot. The only ones I don't don't think people should like are five (laughs) and six. Although six is great because it's just ridiculous. But that's the one where Freddy Krueger has the power glove. (laughs) Yeah. That one's like super cartoony. Like he, uh, the dude's fallen and he shows him push the like the spikes under him just like Wiley Coyote. (laughs) But I mean, it's Freddy, so it fits. Well, yeah, it's all supposed to be a little silly. It's Uh, awesome. I like New Nightmare. New Nightmare, like they're making a Freddy movie, but like Freddy's real, right? Because like the the, in the FX trailer or whatever, like the hand is like moving on its own. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Well, the gist of that one is is that there's a demon. That takes on the form of Freddy uh, and is coming into the real world as that's his form. Right. Kind of thing. And that's why they kind of. How odd. And it's odd, but it, but you know, it was awesome because. It, yeah, and Robert Unglund's in it as himself. Yeah. And, you know, it's. And as the other Freddy. Yeah. So it's it's inter- It's definitely better than the last two before it. And I like it because it's like a movie within a movie, but normally that kind of thing is stupid. A lot of the time, <laughs> yes, but. But I like it in this one because I like those people. And it's got some great kills, so. If you like that kind of thing in your 80s or early 90s horror. So, yeah. Anyway, that does it for this episode. I um, hope y'all survive long enough to get to the end. Sorry. <laughs> through all the boring. Yahoo series. I'm sorry we had to reference Wes Craven at the end uh, of a Yahoo yeah. Serious episode. Had to be what it had to be. But anyway, I think that was the highlight of the episode. Yeah. Rem- reminiscing about and butt Wes stroke. Craven. Oh, yeah, Buttstroke. Butt you stroke. learned something. <laughs> so, rest in peace, Wes Craven. And kids, be sure to tell your parents what Buttstroke means. Yes. I got to practice my Buttstroke. Not while I'm home. <laughs> but anyway, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Next week will just simply be uh, our picks or my picks and discussion about the best of best of, uh, 1981 films. And after that, we got a kind of a two for two in a row prepping for Halloween Horror Month coming soon. So until next time, I am Trey Harris. I'm his wife. <laughs> Miss Day.
Right? And Jesse. Jesse Sederling. <laughs> Cowabunga! On Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods. 